0: lesson this morning comes from the letter to the Romans starting in chapter 4 verse 13 Paul writes the promise to Abraham and to his descendants that he would inherit the world didn't come through the law but through the righteousness that comes from faith if they inherit because of the law then faith has no effect and the promise has been cancelled the law brings about wrath But when there isn't any law, there isn't any violation of the law. That's why the inheritance comes through faith, so that it will be on the basis of God's grace. In that way, the promise is secure for all of Abraham's descendants, not just for those who are related by law, but also for those who are related by the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have appointed you to be the father of many nations. So Abraham is our father in the eyes of God, in whom he had faith The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that don't exist into existence. When it was beyond hope, he had faith in the hope that he would become the father of many nations in keeping with the promise God spoke to him. That's how many descendants you will have. Without losing faith, Abraham, who was nearly 100 years old, took into account his own body, which was as good as dead, and Sarah's womb, which was dead. He didn't hesitate with a lack of faith in God's promise. But he grew strong in faith and gave glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. Therefore, it was credited to him as righteousness. But the scripture that says it was credited to him wasn't written only for Abraham's sake. It was written also for our sake. Because it is going to be credited to us too. It will be credited to those of us who have faith in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over because of our mistakes And he was raised to meet the requirements of righteousness for us. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You just have to have faith. It fits on the list the dumbest things to say say to someone, right up there with God just needed another angel in heaven to someone whose loved one just died. A lot of times, someone who doesn't believe in God or who is struggling in belief is told to just have faith. This is a worthless exercise. For someone who is going through a difficult or crisis time in life, telling them to just have faith is like telling a person who just broke up from a long-term relationship to just get over it. For the first thing about faith is that we cannot force faith. Faith cannot be shoved down someone else's throat, and we can't even shove it down our own. Also, there's another problem with you just have to have faith. Faith in whom? Faith in what? When someone says that my faith is so important to me, what are they saying? Are they making a statement about God at all? or just a generic type of spirituality. If that's the case, that it's important to just have faith, then the suggestion would be that it's important to just believe in anything. That is the second thing I've come to while studying faith and looking at it again this week. That, From the Christian perspective, faith is not just a generic belief. We're talking about faith today because faith is referenced ten times in our passage from Romans 4, 13 to 25. Not only is Abraham presented as the father of faithfulness, but since we are made to be heirs by Abraham's faith, we are able to receive the benefits of salvation by faith. And I'm wondering today, what does that mean? How do we come to receive the benefits of what Jesus did for us at the cross? For Abraham, faith was trust in an outlandish promise you will inherit the world your descendants will become as numerous as the stars in the sky or as many as the grains of sand on a beach god promised to abraham once again we see these two principles at work in abraham's faith first is that we cannot force faith in this passage faith is presented to abraham as a gift God created faith in Abraham. God calls things that don't exist into existence, Romans writes. So God made the possibility of faith within Abraham. And Abraham exhibited this faithfulness before the law ever existed. He trusted God's promise long before the covenant of circumcision was even given to him. Sometimes when reading about Abraham here, we might get the impression that somehow Abraham possessed Super faith. But that is far from the truth. N.T. Wright described it this way He says, Paul does not mean that Abraham earned special favor by having a special sort of faith. Faith is the sign of life. Life is the gift from God. End quote. So faith is the means to life. We see this throughout Scripture. Faith is never the end. Faith leads to something. In Romans, the purpose of faith is a restored relationship to God. Abraham trusted in God and put this faith into action. Sometimes Christians have gotten all worried about how faith happens, whether it is about belief or about works. But Abraham displayed his faith by taking concrete action. He left ur- and followed God. He continued to trust that God would provide an heir for him. Now Abraham did not trust perfectly. He had some missteps along the way. But trust is the essential thing that we need to understand in order to grasp the faith of Abraham. Even though Abraham was imperfect and doubted God, Abraham still trusted in God and God's promises. Which leads to our second truth then about faith. Faith is not just generic belief. Abraham's faith was not generic in any way. It had great particularity. For God promised that through him, through this man, generations and many nations would come. The object of Abraham's faith was not faith itself. The object of Abraham's faith was in the God who had the power to conquer death. Thus Abraham and Sarah trust in God and God creates new life from Abraham's old body and Sarah's dead womb. This is where the importance of the faith and law distinction lies. For faith makes God's agency central. God is the recipient of our faith. God is the primary actor in our faith. This is how faith is tied to grace. God is working in us and through us. Faith, then, is the receptor for this graceful action of God. Law, on the other hand, makes humanity's agency central. And by the law given in the Old Testament, humans will never achieve right standing before God. We need to be recipients of faith so that we can stop our attempts to try to perform good enough for God. We need to be, because those attempts will never work. As the passage says, this is not just, however, about Abraham. As faith was credited to Abraham, so faith will be credited to us as well. For us, faith is also the trust in an outlandish promise. Jesus died and rose again. And by faith, so will you. The faith that we receive follows the same principles as Abraham's faith. First, we cannot force faith. Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote in his preface to the epistle to the Romans these words, Faith is a divine work in us, which changes us and makes us to be born anew of God. In other words, faith is not something that we work up within ourselves, But faith is something that we are awakened to by God. And when it comes to this faith, we have two problems that are difficult for us to reconcile. Some people believe that their sinfulness is not that big of a deal. They look at their lives and compare them to the most awful and heinous of people and then feel pretty good about themselves. Thus, they find no need for salvation. And the second problem that we have is on the opposite end of the spectrum. When some people feel that their sinfulness is beyond forgiveness. Many more fit into this category, I suppose. They think that what they have done is so very bad that God could never love them or never forgive them. Both of of these viewpoints are half-truths. For our sinfulness is a big deal. It stops us from being able to be in right relationship to God. And God loves us in spite of our sinfulness and is always ready to forgive. This is why Jesus went to the cross on our behalf. When we experience saving faith, we are able to live with this reality of God's love and forgiveness that is undeserved. The only way to appropriate this faith, then, is to receive it as a gift. And this faith that we have also rece- we receive follows the second principle as well. Faith is not just generic belief. Paul writes, it will be credited to those of us who have faith in the one who raised Jesus from the dead. When reading this passage, N.T. Wright comments, Christian faith is for Paul irrevocably resurrection shaped. Like Abraham's faith, it is by no means simply a general religious awareness or trust in a remote or distant supernatural being. Faith for Paul is never a thing in itself, but is always defined in relation to the God in whom it is placed. End quote. So the faith that Paul is encouraging and depicting is this specific faith in God who raised Jesus from the dead. How does this relate to our theme of at the cross for Lent? Why was Jesus handed over to death? Verse 25 gives us the reason. It says he was handed over because of our mistakes or our trespasses. Jesus went to the cross because of our rebellion. But the cross is not the end of the story of faith. For Paul writes, and he was raised to meet the requirements of righteousness for us. The resurrection of Jesus vindicates Jesus and all who respond to him in faith. So how do we do it? How do we respond to Jesus in faith? I think it is rooted in this one word, trust. We respond to Jesus in faith simply by placing our trust in him. In his classic Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis gives a wonderful description of faith. He writes, The sense in which which the Christian leaves it to God is that he puts all his trust in Christ. Trust that Christ will somehow share with him the perfect human obedience which he carried out from his birth to his crucifixion. That Christ will make the man more like himself and in a sense make good his deficiencies. End quote. Faith... Is like God reaching out a hand to us and asking, do you trust me? And in Jesus, we see every good reason to do so. Before this section of Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis describes our relationship with God like the Christian is a child who asks his dad for money in order to buy him a present. He writes that God smiles when we give him this present, just like we do from our own children. When we place our trust in Christ, we are giving back to God what is already God's to have, our very selves. This is the beginning of faith. And I would contend that we do this over and over again throughout our lives. We give ourselves once again to God. We remind ourselves that we have this precious gift that God has given to us, and God awakens us to the love of Jesus once again that my friends is faith have we ever completely arrived on this journey of faith no but we can be assured that we are on the way there for faith is something that God grows in us as the scripture says of Abraham he grew strong in his faith and gave glory to God Might God awaken that faith in you today, in the God who raised Jesus from the dead, and because of that, raises us from the dead as well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.